Say good morning to everybody. It's good to see you. I don't, I don't know whether uh, I missed, I wasn't at the door. I got to talking elsewhere. So uh, forgive me for that. I like to see everybody as they're coming in and meeting new folks. And I just saw a guy I haven't seen in a while who's, Josh, good to see you, buddy. <laughs> I just noticed you're here. <laughs> that's why I usually stand at the door and see everybody coming in. And, and I got to talking and, and that's what I do. So uh, it is so good to see you all this morning. Um, man, what, what a privilege it is to be able to, to, to invest time throughout the week in the scriptures and knowing that on Sunday I get to share the things that I've peeled back and looked and I see challenges and I get to share that this morning. It is a, it is a responsibility that, that I, I think definitely I should take seriously and, and, and carefully, uh, because here's our opportunity during worship. We have the opportunity to hear the message of God from his scriptures. Absolutely, want it. I want you to hear and see what's going on in the scriptures. And therefore, there's a couple elements that, that every Sunday we have the opportunity to do. And number one is seeing and hearing God's word. And the second part of that is, is having the Holy Spirit work on that in our hearts. Right? So there's, there's amongst us, here's what scripture does. It convicts me. There's a direction that I'm not going that I need to have corrected and, and God speaking to my heart there. Or I am here and in need of some encouragement. Or, or maybe that encouragement is, you know, God has this kingdom and, and I'm, I'm looking for that place where I could be involved in his kingdom. So there's, there's a lot of directions that Holy Spirit's working on our hearts. And so let's pray. Let's pray. That's why it's so important for us to, to begin this way as we open the scriptures to, to direct our thoughts and attentions, God, have our attentions this morning as we're looking at your word. Let's do that. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for all that you've given. You've given us your word, and today it is precious to us. It is that foundation uh, upon which we stand that you've given to us, uh, the foundation including that message of Jesus, that gospel message, knowing that the, the forgiveness that we have this relationship we have with you as your children, as kingdom people, Lord, is, is, that's, that's the foundation we, we are upon and know where we know our belonging. God, we praise you for our identity because of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, as your people that we're being attentive to what you have to say to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 13. We're back in Acts chapter 13. We spent the past couple of weeks there, uh, got, got really involved in the first three verses, and I think it needed the three, uh, the, needed that Sunday. We were, you know, finished last week. This is uh, Paul and Barnabas have, have started their first missionary journey. And, and last week we, we looked at, at that time up through verse 12 of, of how they went through that island of Cyprus. And so we're going to begin in verse 13, and we're going to finish the chapter. There's 52 verses, I think 52 verses in, in the rest of the book. So 13 through 52. So I'm going to focus my attention upon some real key passages. But if you have those blue Bibles in front of you, if you don't have your own Bible, you're welcome to use the blue Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we'll just emphasize that. You could take that with you. Uh, we want you to. We purchase others. We'll replace it. 
And uh, we just want to make sure everybody has that scripture. So you can follow in your scriptures today. You want to hold that open because we're going to go through a portion of that quickly. And, and then we're going to spend some time more towards the end of this. But, but you'll want to have your scriptures open to you. Um, in, in this, when it begins in chapter, uh, in verse 13, Paul and Barnabas leave Paphos. That was that island of Cyprus. Leave Paphos is like a... Uh, approximately a hundred miles of ocean that they get back inland to, to the city of Perga. There's no preaching, no ministry happening or mentioned there. Uh, what does happen, and I think it's, I'm just going to note this because that's all, all Luke does. Luke says, this is where John Mark leaves. He goes back to Jerusalem. We don't know what a problem that is until later, okay? I'll just say that. We're going to visit that uh, where, where there's some tension uh, because of that situation. So anyway, they're, they're in Perga and they make their way up north to uh, uh, another city named Antioch. This is a second city named by the same guy on behalf of the same dad, Antiochus. So, okay, so we know Antioch in Syria. That's where the, the missionary move was, was uh, uh, you know, that's where it started. Oh, we'll put it that way. That's where the commissioning had taken place. It's where it began. Now they're in uh, Antioch of Pisidia. Okay, it's actually the territory, Roman territory of Galatia. And, and this Antioch, pretty important, you know, governing city. Uh, and maybe that's why uh, Saul and, or Paul and Barnabas had made their way up there. They're looking for those places, uh, maybe more populated uh, things like that. There's, there's soldiers stationed in Antioch, so there's Roman soldiers there. And so it, it, in the area, it's one of the larger cities in that, in that uh, Galatian, southern Galatian area. Uh, Paul and Barnabas find themselves in the synagogue on the Sabbath. We'll, we'll see that it's kind of a pattern that they do. And, and so they go to the synagogue uh, on the Sabbath, probably a Friday night, you know, we're thinking mornings because that's when you worship, but no, it was Friday. I mean, that was the beginning of the Sabbath day, started six o'clock on Friday evening. And so they made their way to, uh, uh, to the synagogue and, and they sat down and they were taking it in. Uh, the scriptures were read uh, to them. And then the leaders of the, uh, the synagogue uh, went, went up to Paul and Barnabas and said, hey, do you have a word of encouragement you'd like to share? Paul says, oh, do we? <laughs> you know? So what we see really is, is written out Paul's first sermon, starting in verse uh, 16, and it actually goes through a good portion of this through 41. And, and I would encourage you, write this down. Hey, I want to read all of Paul's message. Uh, but right now, I'd like to give you the big idea or what Paul is talking about in a condensed version. That's how we're going to deal with uh, many of the verses. But please read this. But here it is. It's unlike Peter's messages. If you remember early in Acts, preaching in Jerusalem, uh, Peter's message was kind of condemning. You know, hey, this Jesus whom you crucified and God raised from the dead. And their response was, oh, what do we need to do? Uh, there, there's same that, that, that same theme continued on as they went before the Sanhedrin. Then you re also remember uh, how Stephen then preached 
And, and, in, and I think specifically there's a verse in there as he got close to the end. He was saying, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. And say, oh, you'll, I mean, you killed the prophets and now look what you've done to Jesus. And, and so there is that condemning tone in that as well. Now, Paul, when, when you read through this message, you're going to see positive things. And, and the, the focus is not so much on, on the, the people of God. It really is focused on God and what he's doing. So he begins to go through things like this. God chose our fathers. Remember, he's talking in the, in the uh, uh, synagogue. So there are, there are actually three different groups here. If you read through this, here are the people that we find in the synagogue. They're gathered together for worship. It's the Jews, of course. And it's the, the people who have converted to Judaism. So they're proselytes, those two groups. But there's also a group called the God-fearers. God fears. Uh, this is something that, that uh, Cornelius is identified as a fear of God. So thinking that they're Gentiles who are maybe the way the Jews are looking at them and say, hey, they're potential converts. They're, they're potential. You know, they're looking at it and you know, they want to they be observed of God. Now, they haven't embraced Judaism yet, but they're, maybe they're on the verge. So they're also part of this congregation. They're listening uh, to this message from Paul. He, he begins by this. He says, okay, God chose our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's who he chose. And, and he led them into Egypt. And it's, it, uh, no, he, he brought them to Egypt. And, and there he made, Egypt, made them a great nation within Egypt. They were in slavery, but he made them a great nation, even to the point of being threatening to Pharaoh and, and that nation. Then God led them out of Egypt uh, with the, it says, with his lifted arm or revealing his strength, he led them out of Egypt. He carried them through the wilderness or in the ESV, it says, basically, he put up with us through the wilderness. We're, boy, we're familiar with that, the belly aching, complaining. But, but I think in the positive aspect, the, the purpose is to say he carried them through. He got them through the wilderness. And he gave them the promised land at the end of that. It's, it's very brief. He just makes the point of, really his point all along is, look what God has done. In, in the history, he looks back in the history, look what God has done. He established us as a nation. And even after the promised land, he, he sent judges on your behalf. Because, well, again, it was troubles of the people. But he, he said he, they sent judges in order f to deliver. That was their purpose. And he sent kings. And then he references Saul was, was one of the kings. He wasn't exactly the stellar king. But then David came. And, and the king David, man, he was a, identified as a, as a man after God's own heart. Don't you love that reference? Here's a man after God's own heart, and it was going to be through David. We see him respond in verse 23. Here's what it says in verse 23. Of this man's offspring, of David's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, he has promised. At this point, he's saying, all up to this point, he's saying, this is what God has done. He's done great things. He made us a nation, brought us through Egypt, Gave us a promised land, led us with kings or judges and kings, and, and now at this point, he has sent this Savior Jesus. Okay? 
He continues on saying, okay, John wasn't that savior. They must have heard a lot about John, you know, the prophet who came and told everybody, you know, prepare the way of the Lord, you know. Uh, and and he, was, he was baptizing them, preparing them in repentance. And, but it said John wasn't the Savior. He, he was even unable to untie the shoes of Jesus who came. Uh, and, and then he said that his own people didn't recognize him. Uh, his own people, the Jews, did not recognize him there. Matter of fact, uh, and, and fulfilled the scriptures. They ended up uh, executing Jesus as Savior, this, this Savior who came. And God raised him from the dead. They're matching a lot what Peter had said in his sermons before. The, the big part of that uh, the great gospel message we need to hear. They killed him and God raised him from the dead. Right? And, and then he goes on to say, you know, hey, of that were eyewitnesses. We saw him or the, there's eyewitnesses uh, to, to the resurrection of Jesus. Not necessarily Barnabas and Paul, but there were eyewitnesses to this. And, and also that there is, there is confirmation of, of passages of Scripture. He goes back to the Psalms. He goes back to other locations and saying it speaks of his resurrection. So the good news that Paul preaches on, on the synagogue that day is this, that God has done great work for the nation. All the Jews remember that. But now he sent this Savior Jesus. Let me also include 26. It's not going to be up here, but he says, Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, okay, specifically to the Jews, and, the, and those among you who fear God, Gentiles, uh, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. To us has been sent this message of salvation. Salvation belongs to God. The, the, the salvation, absolutely. And when we take Paul's message, he said, Again, he's saying, look what God has done. And recently he's done it through Jesus Christ. This is his salvation for humanity. And, and we, could, we could accept it or reject it. Or, as I put down here, we could take it or leave it. And we're going to see both reactions today in the remaining part of, of this chapter 13. Uh, first of all, I want, to, I want to go back to that beginning part that, that I believe Paul emphasizes. God... Uh, this salvation belongs to God. And the point I want to make is that God's salvation is exactly what is needed. That God's salvation, what he's created, is exactly what you and I need. And to the audience Paul was speaking to, the Jews and the Gentiles, it is exactly what they all needed. The message was proclaimed to all people. The definitely the message Paul, in his own mind, here's the missionary to the Gentiles, but he, he continued to take it to the Jews first. And that was his, uh, his, that was his uh, method every time. It is through God's Savior that there's going to be forgiveness of sins. Matter of fact, let me read 38 through 41. Here's really the key part of his message. Verse 38 says, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, uh, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. This message of forgiveness. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astonished and perish. 
For I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. So again, this message, this message of Jesus is a proclamation of the forgiveness that is now available through Christ. A message of justification, of freedom that, that they couldn't even receive through the law. Matter of fact, there's the focus of the Jews. This message was to the Jews. And, and, and part of that was, hey, listen, the law does not bring about righteousness. The law was supposed to, to be a part of that covenant. I will be your God and you will be my people with the Jews, specifically, right? But instead, what did that law do except bring down condemnation? Matter of fact, Paul uh, identifies that throughout his letter. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 7, he identifies the law as the ministry of death. It's the ministry of death. Uh, later on in verse 9, a couple verses later, he identifies it as a ministry of condemnation. It, it brings about the God's wrath because what it, what it was doing, it was not helping people to be righteous. It basically was calling them out for their unrighteousness. It was that that uh, the, the, the establishment of what is good and right, his law, to identify people who are not good, who are not right, who are unrighteous and unworthy of God. That was actually the identity of the Jews. As they embraced their law, all it did was condemn them. It condemned them even that day. So this freedom uh, that was going to come through Jesus, it was even going to free them for the, the places that God's law did not. Matter of fact, all it left them was condemned. So there was freedom through Jesus. This is good news to the Jews. But it also included the Gentiles. Those God-fearers there also heard the message that there is freedom in Jesus. Their freedom in the, in the Savior whom God sent. I, I think it's important to look at the warning. He, he lays out Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. Now there was a specific thing that, that was spoken of through the prophet. But, but man it applies so well here uh, also. It applies in the fact that these Jews are hearing this message. And they're receiving it. He said I am doing a work that you will not believe. It, it, it's amazing what God, I mean, in part of that, we are amazed at what God has done. We, we have the opportunity to look back and even look at, at Paul's message and say, wow, all the work that, is God, that God has done through the Old Testament. I mean, to create a nation for himself, and now even through what he's done with Christ. The fact that through Jesus, we all have the opportunity to, to be called his children. We all have the, the opportunity to belong to his kingdom. And it comes through the Savior whom God sent. We need to understand that warning. Uh, after he was done with the message that day. It's interesting to look at, at uh, beginning verse 42. After he was done, this was a good Sabbath day service. Uh, there in the synagogue. At, at the end of the service... Paul was greeted with, hey, come back next week and tell us more. It was, it was that kind of thing. Everybody was, was just coming up, hey, please come back and tell us. So, so they made plans to come back the next Sunday. Matter of fact, the, the Jews and the converts to Judaism, they followed him and, and wanted 
probably wanted to hear more, tell us more about this. Uh, but they left excited as well at the end of verse uh, uh, 43. And Paul's encouragement to them was this. Hey, listen, continue in the grace of God. Continue in this. Continue in the high point of this message. What God has sent to us who, who are under the condemnation of sin is a Savior. He sent us the means of forgiveness. That's a good message. That's, that's when you guys all leave and you're happy, right? On that particular... That's good stuff. And that's how they left on that Sabbath day. Man, they wanted to hear more. But next Sabbath was coming. That next Sabbath day was coming. And it was not so positive. Matter of fact, the, the, the second point you could read along with me is this. There are many who find God's salvation unacceptable. There's many people who are going to find God's salvation unacceptable. It's verses, let's read 44 through 46. Remember, this is the, the next Sabbath day. They, they're coming together as they did the week before. All the excitement they had uh, previously, and now they're excited to hear uh, Paul come with a message. But here's what happened. The next Sabbath day, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. The whole city came out to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what, what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, to the Jews. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Not such a good service that next Sunday. What, and what was it? What, what happened that caused that? The building was packed. I imagine sending, uh, you know, uh, Sabbath, past Sabbath, it, it, was, it was maybe comfortably full or, or, you know, a number of people that would come and, and everything was okay. You know, and, and everybody had their place in their seat and, and everybody was comfortable. But man, the Jews were really made uncomfortable when they came and they found so many people from the community. Uh, Luke might be exaggerating a little bit. Uh, most of the community was there. Maybe, he's, maybe he wasn't. Could you imagine what it would be like to come in and have a, find, a hard time finding someplace to even stand? Uh, the way it's described, there was people standing all along the walls. And in the back, you know, only there's no seats. There's people standing there. The seats are all full. And, and every, there's people sitting or standing in the aisle and on the front and over here. There was people everywhere. They came back. You know that Paul and Barnabas weren't idle until the next Sabbath day. So they were having conversation probably with those Jews and converts to Judaism. And the God-fears, they were, they were busy all week. And it was a packed house. And, and, and all the Jews could see was, oh man, look at all these Gentiles. <laughs> it had to, had to be turning and thinking about, listen, listen to all these Gentiles. And, and then, then I, I don't know whether they didn't get it the first time, but, but to listen to a message, I, I mean, what we want is that these people begin to embrace Judaism. 
that they would embrace Judaism, embrace the laws to become a proselyte. What, there was a process you had to go through. There was cleansing, washings, circumcision you had to go through, and an embracing of the laws, uh, of the law of Moses. Had to embrace that and begin to live that. And had to go through all the, all the things, absolutely, that even the Pharisees had laid out, you know, or the elders and the scribes had, had added to the word, all this, this is what it looks like to follow the law. That would be set upon the Jews' hearts. And that would be the, the message of, you know, forgiveness. Then, then this forgiveness from Jesus. But these Jews came, and they came excited about the message that forgiveness comes through Jesus. This forgiveness comes through Jesus. The Jews were jealous and they began, it says, the scripture says, it began to contradict this message of Jesus or their message. And it had to be that the fact that what God is doing now is he has sent his Savior Jesus. The contradiction absolutely had to be that something about who he is, maybe his identity. Oh, Really, he wasn't the Messiah. We're looking for somebody else. I, I don't know exactly what their words were, but we definitely know that they came in conflict on that day with the Jews. The response, listen to the response. Uh, the response from them. Well, actually, let me, let me go here first. Thinking about uh, that place of, of God developing the salvation that we've all re received. I want you to think about this, especially that this is really important, that God has given us a salvation, and all of you would say amen to that. I know, we all know that. God has given us a salvation. It is His salvation. Therefore, we need to be paying attention to what His Word says, His directions, His guidance, because the truth is, we could absolutely distort His message. According to some things that where we're coming from. I, why, why is it the Jews had so much trouble? Why is it that they helped fulfill that, that Habakkuk passage? I'm, I'm going to present this to you and you're going to have a hard time believing it. Why? We, we kind of come maybe, maybe in that same way too at times. It comes from maybe our beliefs, our backgrounds, things like that. Where it distorts. Maybe it's our traditions, our heritage. Maybe just like the Jews, that we have problems that, that we want to adjust this grace that comes through Jesus according to the, maybe the way I was raised and the things I learned long ago and, and actually put those things above what the Scripture says. That's a problem, right? It's the Scriptures. Uh, there, there's a couple other things I think that we're even going to see much later. One of the problems the Gentiles face is may, maybe the things that society embrace or the influence of society. We can't allow the influence of society to distort and, and, and change what is written out in the scriptures. The Corinthians needed to hear it. Others that we're going to see as we move along that, that they needed the message, hey, listen. You, we need to follow after God. You know, it is accepting Christ and following after him. Society doesn't have the message of, of salvation and freedom from sin. It doesn't. And, and we're going to be in conflict with society if we want to compromise and try to bring those things together. And one other area I, I see as a real difficulty that we might, we might come to 
It's our own personal experiences. Personal experiences. I'm, I'm not downgrading that at all. We're going to have experiences and we could share those experiences with others. But it's our experiences is not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Our experiences are something that, we, that might be part of changing our lives, but it's not the gospel. As a matter of fact, our experiences, the same way, cannot be over the gospel itself. Paul and Barnabas did not go around preaching their experiences. They preached Jesus. They preached Jesus. The message we have is Jesus crucified and God raised him from the dead. And he has a direction and a path for us to follow. And, and that's the message that's laid out, that Paul has laid out with him the, the first Sabbath. The message that he lays out, uh, we actually find uh, what he said in verse 46 actually excited the Gentiles. He said, listen, now we're going to have to turn to the Gentiles. This message is now for the Gentiles. You've rejected it. That's the worst part of this. You've, you've rejected this message. You've turned your backs upon it. And in verse, uh, verse 46, you know, it says basically that you are now unworthy of eternal life. If you turn your, your back on this message, if you reject it, you're rejecting salvation. You're rejecting God's gift of eternal life through Jesus if you turn your backs upon this. The Gentiles, the Gentiles, we go on. There are those then who accept or receive this message. Those who accept his salvation find joy. And we're not just talking, I mean, joy is what you have when family comes together, you know, there's joy present. And then they go home, joy's gone, right? We're talking about joy that is in every day, no matter your circumstance, even through the difficulties, when I, when I prayed earlier, I mean, we're talking about, I always think about the foundation that we stand upon, an immovable foundation, a foundation of the scriptures, the foundation of who Jesus is, right? We stand on him. That's our foundation. Hey, society's messed up. The world's ugly. Okay. But the foundation you and I stand upon is firm. And that, that I've, I've got a foundation that no, no matter what happens, sicknesses or, or even death, that foundation is established and I'm in Jesus. Right? Right? So, man, there's, there's joy in that. So that's the joy we're talking about. And, and so as that was being expressed, okay, we're going to take it to the Gentiles. Uh, what, was, what, happened to the gen, uh, what happened then to the Gentiles? Verse 48, let me read that for you. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. I mean, there were those God-fearers that were present that heard these words and say, man, I mean, God, it's interesting. Some of the young men who've been coming in and we baptized them, their message is they were already on fire. They were already excited about God. I, I tell you, uh, Cord and Daniel both, man, uh, you could just see them in it. God, God was directing their hearts. And then when the gospels presented to them, man, they followed through. They're, they're, they're following their faith. And, and we're watching. We, we got to witness and be a part of that. Daniel, appreciate that last week and, and Cord the week before. 
uh, we got to be a part of that and see what God is doing as, as, as their lives are changing. That was the Gentiles, man. They wanted to know, what do we need to do? Some of them on the verge of, of oh, we're going to have to accept Judaism. But no, the message was, okay, this is what God has done through Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Receiving Jesus. Acknowledging my sinfulness. And, and now receiving Jesus and following after him. Following after him in my life. That is, that is a, a great place uh, for them, and they're excited about it. Now, no surprise, with all the celebration that's going on in the church, it was, it was kind of a, 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 some people were rejecting him, getting nasty about it, and some people were absolutely celebrating this message of Jesus. And when you know it, because of the uh, uh, bad attitude of, of many of the Jews, they caused trouble for Paul and Barnabas. Here's the remaining part of it. says they went to the real authority of the city. They went to the movers and shakers of the city. I want you to see this. It's kind of funny to me. But they went to the real movers and shakers of the city. And in verse 50, it's the devout women of high standing. It went to the ladies in the city. And guess what they did? They went to the leaders the leadership of those men of the city then moved according to those women. And they caused persecution of Paul and Barnabas and they ousted them. That, matter of fact, they even followed them on a little ways after this. They, they kicked them out of, uh, of this city. Oh, so the message of Jesus just died there, right? The uh, message, no, no. The significance I find in verse 52 is this is what continued. There was still the joy and the Holy Spirit because of the message. Here's what, here's what it said, 52, let me read it for you. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, they kicked out the leadership, the message is gone, and yet what they've received was Jesus. I, I think they were left hungry. I, I left, they, they wanted to know more, and they, so they went out and, 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 and picked up uh, scriptures, the, the Old Testament scriptures, and and. and started pursuing all they could. Uh, it does record later on that Paul made more trips to Antioch, building leadership and other things. So they were still a part of the building of this church. But, but I don't want us to miss this, this overall principle that's laid out. God has created this. The salvation, if you think, I, I have this salvation, we cannot bend it and twist it according to our wills. Uh, whether, whether it's our traditions that are, are, we're wrapped up in and, and, and we're applying our traditions to, to this message or we're, we're applying uh, you know, the things of the things we don't want to let go from the society that we know is contrary to God and contrary to his Savior. It's not following Christ. And, and so we do a lot of compromises. That's not included in that salvation. Man, it's a walking away from sinfulness. And also, it's, it's not the, our experiences. It's not those things. We need to be attentive to what he says. We need to be attentive what, what we're called to do. One of those things is repentance. I, identifying our sinfulness as we receive Jesus because we need his forgiveness or we need forgiveness through Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's about following after him. Because we cannot be righteous, can't, can't be righteous by 
doing everything right from the law, it only condemns us. But now we're going to live according to grace and his mercy. It really is a simple message that the Gentiles are given here. Believe in his Savior. Believe in his Savior. And, and, and I, I think that absolutely means that we then follow after that same Savior. Right? Every day. Not Sunday. Not the Sabbath day. Every day. Following after him as our Savior. New Christians accepted this message of salvation, you know, and, and the joy that comes in that, the joy in the Holy Spirit working in us, transforming us, changing us to be the people of God. That's important for us to understand. This salvation belongs to God. You could take it or leave it. I mean, that's kind of the way it's presented. We could present it and people are going to turn it down. And, you know, we're not arm twisters. We're not arm twisters. We present the message, and there are going to be those who fear God and receive the message. There are going to be those who just absolutely decide to go their own way and turn their backs upon what God has said, said and laid out for salvation. This salvation that God has given is exactly what we need. Are you, are you ready? Isn't that right? He, Jesus Jesus is exactly what I need for salvation. We're about to come to a time of communion. That's what we're going to say. Jesus exactly is exactly what I need to be called God's child, to be, to be identified as righteous and holy. I can't do that holy. I can't do that holy, but he has lived that holiness, and he working in us leads us to that holiness. So keep that in mind. There are, there are going to be a lot of people who see that this, this salvation is unacceptable as God has laid it out. And there's going to be many who receive it and they're going to receive it with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay. What was that song we sang? What was the, the song we just sang? The last song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely. Don't you like that part? The world and the mess around it. The, the things of this world, the troubles of this world is just going to be dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Yeah, all right. So a few popcorning here and there. We got some amens. Man. The, the, the thing about worship is just to be able to come in agreement and say, man, God, we thank you for the message of Jesus. Right? God, we praise you for the message of Jesus. We praise you uh, for the fact that through believing in him, through uh, our pursuit of him, uh, uh, turning aside from our sinfulness and pursuing the things of righteousness, Lord, following after Christ in our lives has brought to us a salvation. And it is absolutely the good things that you've done. It is absolutely through what you've created in bringing your Savior Jesus. So we praise you for that today. And we ask, Lord, that you lead us and guide us in every step, that Holy Spirit working in us, and, and not to forget about the joy that you bestow upon us. God, that is, those, those are both gifts from you. And we praise you. We ask, Lord, that you guide us now in a time of communion. May we focus our attention upon Jesus as we take the bread and the cup, Lord, as we remember the blood that was freely shed on our behalf. 
God, we praise you for our time today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.